Super Bowl Sunday. We like the Super Bowl. We're a strong puppy bowl house. Oh. From the... I got some dogs from that Heinz 57. Is that what it... Whatever it's called. We're Team Fluff House. Team team Rough. I'm a little bit... Dirks doesn't bark much, but he's very fluffy, so... That's where I draw my allegiance. Does he have money on it? I always bet on it. Every year I bet you on the You can actually bowl. wager on the puppy bowl. Look today on Bovada. <laughs> my favorite prop, plus 350 that one dog will attempt to mate with another. Hmm. Minus 600 will not happen. Plus 350 seems like a really good bet. <laughs> That's not as fun. Oh. I guarantee Patrick Mahomes isn't going to try and mate with anyone during the big game. We, we, we legit every year. So the wife's working this week, and it's just it's kind of different. So we're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, however, we're a huge Super Bowl house. You know that. You've been over here. Like I, It's oh, yeah. like a holiday here, but we're not doing anything this year. That's why we're recording this at midday on Super Bowl Sunday. It's uh, Yesterday was a long day. So yeah, a little rally. I got a busy week coming up. Yeah, There's a lot going on. Yeah, and then I just, and I don't, honestly, I've been a little bit under the weather, and I know you have too, so it's like, I'm just going to enjoy the game, watch the game. Right, shout and out to Brad G, though, our guy Brad G. Yeah, our our dear friend from journalism school. Yeah. Is the, what he, do you, do you call the, it, a sports information director? And the pro? vice president of communications. Okay. So he's basically the chief's main communications guy. Yeah, which is amazing. Which is really, and he went to school with Williams and I. So he's he's yeah. made it a little bit, uh, he's made it a little you bit know what's further cool ahead about of the pack. Brad, though, is whenever the Chiefs play, like on Thursday, or he's always up at the yep. Trice press box, and he always listens to Cyclone Fanatics. So I hope he gets to hear this, and I hope by the time he does, he is celebrating another Super Bowl. Honestly, I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I want the Chiefs to win because of Brad. Me too. Yeah. I'm betting awesome on the Eagles, dude. but I hope the Chiefs win. Then you win either way. Yeah, exactly. And Mahomes. It's and like, I like Mahomes. I don't know how you could dislike Mahomes. I like Mahomes. Mahomes. I really do. We don't want to date this too much. Yeah. So that's that's all we'll the... See. Yeah, go Brad. Super Bowl talk you are going to get. Of course, we are presented by our friends at Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. Uh, shout out to our friend Chris Clover from Mechdyne. We actually heard from him. This week, he was blown away by the Ryan Clanton press conference from football this week. I, I tweeted it out. Like, you haven't watched that yet. She, the guy's really, really impressive. Not that the special teams guy, Jordan Langs, wasn't. But this the Clanton thing kind of just popped for me. And apparently, it did for a lot of people. I heard more from people like this guy. I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. He's, it looks he's going to eat metal or something while he's up there at the Damn press right. conference. And uh, that's what they need. Honestly, I think Iowa State, the, if you look at the offseason, it's pretty clear. It's, we were close, but we were not good when it mattered. And so we need to be more physical and more old school. And so that's why you bring in a new strength coach, you bring in an old line coach. And from having some conversations the last couple of weeks, the, 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 they feel the roster is fine. It's just they need to, you know, just get meaner, get more physical. I would that's, agree. That's the approach this year. 
Uh, so check that out. Yeah, Clover from MacDyne is just fired up about this guy. Uh, reminded I, me of it when we did the MacDyne. Uh, apparently, he, he's lifting with the players. I mean, nice. It's like he's just like I'll throw. I'll th- show you how to throw some weight around. Very cool. Uh, so thank you, MacDyne uh, and the MacDyne Corporation for bringing us Williams and Bloom each and every Sunday here on the Cycle and Fanatic Podcast Network. Uh, really rough day. I had, a, I had a bad sports day. The the men and women lost on Saturday. My uh, my nieces, Clarinda Cardinals, were eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, ouch. Who got them? Uh, Atlantic. <sighs> Friends down there in Cass County. Shout out to the Tro- Trojans. Trojans. Uh, nice, nice, a nice young team in Clarinda. Played three freshmen in varsity. Well, your niece nice. is a freshman, right? Yeah, she's a stud. She's going to be really good. I've been, good. been nudging the Finleys. Hey, uh, uh, keep an eye on this kid. Page County. Yeah. Yeah, rough uh, day, though. Uh, it, it sucked. And I will say, real quick, not all negative. The wrestling duel on Friday was as... I, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed watching a duel. I mean, in the last 10 years, it was a blast in Cedar Falls. So that, that was cool. They are wrestling Illinois today. So again, we don't want to date this thing too much, but the weekend started great. And then of course the awful scheduling by the big 12 to put both games at the same time. I'm guessing many of our audience didn't get to see the women. I put myself through watching that last night while I was watching UFC. I watched the women's game on my iPad and um, we have a lot to talk about. So let's start with the men's game. Uh, they lose by eight at home to Oklahoma State. This bloom was a game that uh, I, I thought would be close. Um, I actually was talking to a gentleman at halftime at the urinals uh, in great. Hilton, and he 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 listens, and he said, yeah, he goes, I heard you talking about how you thought this game would be close, and I understand. I was like, yeah, you can play really well against Oklahoma State and only win by five. Mm-hmm because of the way that they defend and just the matchup, like they do what Iowa state does. So it's like it, you don't have like this inherent advantage over them, like in correct toughness and stuff. And in the second half, Iowa state was a shell of itself. It was really, really bizarre. And I didn't think they played that great in the first half. So at halftime, I felt really well, good. I was like, they're going to, they may win this game by 10 because they didn't play that well. and, And they're up by six. That was maybe the worst half of important basketball that they've played all year. I think it was. Do you? Yeah, that maybe, or the, or the first second, half. Second half of Tech. Tech was really bad too. Yeah. yeah. And you you nailed it. It's Oklahoma State and Iowa State are very similar. If you just look, I mean, Oklahoma State's ranked fifth defensively. Yep. And it base. I mean, so it's two things. There's a basketball reason, and then there's an intangible reason why Iowa State just lost it the second half. Uh, basketball reason was they singled up shooting in the post and they hung on grill Kalsher and jazz. And they basically dared Iowa state beat us one-on-one and Iowa state couldn't do it. I mean, shooting oh. had a couple nice moves in the post, but otherwise that between Boone and uh, I thought CSA was great for them. Other they than just, those free throws. Ugh. Yeah. And then the should have just fouled yeah, back. Just fouled back out of time, but Man. they, they just, they just manned up on Iowa state and they were more physical than Iowa state was. And it was, it was impressive. I mean, I, I kudos to Oklahoma state. I mean, they, they took the fight to Iowa state and did, they won the battle. And then the intangibles for Iowa state in the second half just got really sideways where you're worried about the officials. You're not shooting free throws. Well, Caleb has the dust up with, with Asbury. And it just felt like Iowa state was in this weird mental state in the second half and it got away. And the- Oklahoma state was the tougher team. No doubt. And, and, and if I was, here's the thing. Iowa State's not skilled enough 
if Iowa State's getting out toughed and out physical, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. Yeah. And and then one other basketball reason, uh, you know, when Iowa State has struggled all year, it's been give the ball to Jaron Holmes, let him make a play. And Oklahoma State took him out of the game. He was very hesitant. He did not like that pressure. Longer guy on him. Exactly. And they had size yeah. like Thompson yeah. and, and Wright. And uh, I thought uh, Newton was really good. The second half, man, like he, there were so many times where against any other team, he pulls up and takes the shot, and he did he not. Couldn't get, he couldn't get loose. No. Nope. And so really, I was offense boiled down to is either O'Shun in the post or Tame and Lipsy trying to create. And again, they did fine. But and credit he, to Oklahoma State made a lot of contested shots down the stretch, too. Yeah, they, they hit shot shots. Better. Yeah. They hit shots. And that's when, you play, when you play these guys, it's going to be a game in the 50s and low 60s. And when push came to shove, the last 10 minutes of the game, Oklahoma State shot it way better than Iowa State. And the plan was about the same. It's just that Oklahoma State made more. And, and then the Iowa throws. State lost its cool. Yeah. Because I think Iowa State was frustrated and because I, of the lack of the offense that it affected everything else. And, and I, uh, that's what happened. I think that's why we saw the side of TJ Otzelberger that we saw post game last night, too. I think TJ's okay when your team loses. Um, he was fine after the Iowa game. Like there, there's examples of after yep. losses. Connect, where, like connected games. Like yeah. that happens. He was pissed after yesterday's game. And I don't even think it was be, just because that they lost. It was because of how they lost the losing your composure thing. And he said after the game, I take it really personal. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. When he goes, all we work on is togetherness and toughness. And we didn't have either of those. And I take that really personally as the coach. And we will, I mean, he basically said, I, I can't guarantee wins and losses, but I can guarantee we will be better in that aspect on on Wednesday night. Th- that's the encouraging part. It's like, okay, yeah, you're pissed you lost, but it's also like I, my mind isn't that much different about this team. No. That's correct. Yeah. I feel way better about them than I do the women right now. I would agree. And we, and we can get into that. Mm-hmm. But they, they, look, I, they look like a shell. Of, I, I don't know where to go yeah, at, at the, this point. The, the problem for them right now is neither – when they don't shoot well, there's just nothing. There's just nothing every there. night out there, fifteen percent from yeah, three or just, whatever I, right I, now. And like, what do you what do you tell a, a team that your strength is supposed to be shooting when you're not shooting well? Yeah, there's not there's not much you can do because it's not like you can just throw the ball to Jones. That or you just the law of average and you just hang on and right. hopefully you get really hot over a two week span. Yeah, but for, for the for the men, I'm not I, again. I'm not panicked at all. Like my feeling on this team has not changed from a Sunday. When I thought they'd be a top four seed. Now you hurt yourself this week, seeding wise. So Des Moines gets tougher. Okay, you're not you're not going to win the Big Twelve now, unless no you know, something crazy that, happens. That's out. That's where you kick yourself on these the Texas Tech game. Sure. Like you lost your insurance. Absolutely. With, with the if you get up in the Floyd standings, right? With the where it, the road games count for more. And you go from you know a week ago at this time, you're like, yeah, I wish it really does have a chance. Well, it was second second best odds in the big 12 to now it's, it's pretty much off the table and that's yeah. disappointing. Now, see, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it from a week ago, go, man, this is a real bummer. Or you look at it from the beginning of conference season where you still be pretty pleased being seven and five, two thirds of the way, which through. we both thought bubble team, uh, just to quote this podcast. Yeah. Like I, I think you were a little more bullish on them than I was I, in, in, but the, my, my feeling, I thought on they this were group, an IT team going into the year, but it, they, they can still, what we found now, there's two kryptonites to this team, and it's similar but different. It's a Missouri level where they're up in you all the time, pressing, speeding up the game. This team has not handled that well. Same thing happened to Tech in the second half. 
or it's the physicality where Shun or whoever's in the post, Rob, can't win one-on-one, and they're sticking on your shooters. If, if they're able to take away Shun and Holmes, I would say it's going to struggle because that, that is kind of the, that is the way to, to, to break it's, the drought. It's the easy money. It's the easy money. That's the, your financial <laughs> portfolio. That's the dividend. Like, right. Like it's this exactly. Sorry. I'm still on my um, Dean Spalding. No, that was great podcast, by the way, Thank this you. team is a lot like last year's team when shoot and Holmes are taken away, which makes sense. Cause it's the same basic premise. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but when those guys are able to control things, they, they are, they're a good offensive team. I really believe Iowa state's ceiling is still second weekend and beyond. Now I do too. If you play a physical team, like you see in Oklahoma state, that that's going to take you out of your stuff. You could lose the first game too. And that's the problem is it's hard to judge ultimate success in college basketball just on the NCAA tournament. Just like I don't necessarily think Iowa State was a top 16 team a year ago. I, I, it's hard to dictate you know, the ultimate trajectory of the program based on the tournament. That said, I still think Iowa State has all the pieces to do well in March. And we'll see. I mean, could you lose in the Big 12 first round and then lose first round in the NCAA? It's, it's possible. Uh, I'll add to that. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. I actually had to go down to the East Village on Friday um, to Raygun to pick up some shirts for Iowa Everywhere. And uh, we, I saw the, the beautiful yeah. Gravitate Coworking spot there. We really, you and me should go there and just hang out and, and work some, but it just a gorgeous little area. It was so cute. My, my daughter, Elise, she's three and we don't get her out of Bondurant much, you know? Yeah. Yep. She's a Southern Iowa kid by, by heart. Well, we, so we had to park, you know, the parking in the East village can be tough. Yes. So we had to park like two blocks away and we're, we're walking. She's holding my hand. It was a nice day on Friday. And she looks up and she goes, daddy, we're in the big city. Yeah. All the tall buildings. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was cool. That but was awesome. shout out to uh, gravitate coworking. So I, another point I would like to make is like this team, it, it was never a deal where, all of a sudden, wow, they're one of the three most talented teams in the Big 12. That was never the case. It was how they played together, how they defend, all that stuff, okay? The physicality. There's a real point here, and we've seen this two years in a row now, where you get to the second half of the Big 12 schedule and you've been scouted. It's much more difficult to sneak anything by. These are really good coaches. And I think, so a lot of people are like, why do we hit a wall? Well, it, this is just my analysis, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just think it's harder to, for a team like Iowa State, and hopefully this changes in the next couple of years when mm-hmm. your talent level rises, mm-hmm. but I think there's a real thing where that Mike Boynton's a good coach. You know, um, Mark Adams is a really good coach. That second half, they made some adjustments, right? Like there's, there's Same thing's happening to K-State. Iowa State and K-State are in the exact same trajectory yes, right now. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. And I think that that's a very real thing. And I also think when you get to the NCAA tournament, well, do you remember last year after the Tech game in Kansas City? Oh, lost it was 35. Meltdown yeah. City. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, Otzelberger's the most up-and-coming coach in college basketball. So, like, my point is just remember that. And I think that that's a very real thing. That, oh, okay, well, Lipsy's out of the game. We're just going to pressure the shit out of Jaron Holmes because he can't handle the ball. Okay, we know that. 
right? That's and that's oh, Robert I, Jones is in the game. Let him shoot, right? There's there's all this stuff that oh, okay, we can take that hand away from Kalsher and make him right. Like it, it's a yep. very real thing. This is not a top. What are they? Twentieth in Ken Palm right now. They're not a top twenty talent team. And the, uh, but the great thing is, Iowa State can counter a little bit yes. now. Iowa State will still have success because, again, Oklahoma State's top five nationally in what it can do defensively. And Oklahoma State won the battle. They did. Iowa State, against most teams, will be able to dictate terms. And when you get in a situation like Saturday where you're not able to, that can happen. Or against West Virginia, where the terms were largely dictated by the officials and dumb fouls on Iowa State, too. It goes hand-in-hand. It when when terms are not on your side, I would say it's going to struggle because it. Where I would say it's so good is controlling the rhythm of the game, and the last couple it's been the other team taking control in the second half or the third team on the floor, which is the officials, and that's all part of it. It all goes together. I but my my thought on the Iowa State team again, net ranking drops to sixteen. You're still a four seed. Mm-hmm. You've got a big game against TCU. I think it's a team that Iowa State matches up with fairly well, especially without Mike Miles. We'll see how it goes. I had somebody text me last night that Iowa State's not a tournament team right now. And it's like, that's not true. It's not true. It's just not true. Iowa State is absolutely a lock. In fact, as of this morning, I saw bracketology that Iowa State is a lock to make the tournament. And I agree. Okay. Could Iowa State lose out and be on the bubble? I guess that's possible. But they're not going to. They're going to recover just fine. And Iowa State's still going to be a top five, six seed and be a threat. I can make the argument too. And we'll see how they respond. But, you know, you, you get up there where you're now some people's trendy pick to win the Big 12. You, you start to think that you're more talented than you are, the, the individuals. Sure. And it looked to me like the whole – Stansbury made a good – I think he credits Bob Knight or something about the fist – like the fist is strong, but once it starts to splinter who did, off. Who, was that the Jamil McKay thing? <laughs> you, know, you know what? It was Krzyzewski is the one okay. who made that famous. I remember Jamil McKay doing the Stans, fist thing back Stansbury wrote a column about that with this team weeks ago when they were thriving, and they they that fist really softened yesterday. Yeah, they, and I, I'm hopeful that it was a good wake-up call, and we'll see a very different team on Wednesday. I will add, Caleb didn't look healthy to me. I said Something was weird going. Yeah, there's, I, there's weird, weird stuff with Caleb. I don't know if he's if his health was affecting his well, persona on the floor, but I, he he did some things. Like what, what's going on, man? I said this to Travis Hines, our friend from the Des Moines Register. At halftime, we were having a diet Pepsi together, and he we both like we sit by each other during the games and often talk. There were two or three plays in the first half where you. Caleb, you could tell he wanted to be in a spot and he just couldn't, couldn't get do it. there. His body mm-hmm. wouldn't let him do it. And he was starting to visibly get very frustrated. I didn't even think with like the refs or anything, but with himself. Yeah. And I thought that that carried over to the second half. If you listen to some of Otzelberger's quotes post game about the free throws, Caleb going one of five from the line is yeah, very bizarre. Rare. Clearly, his head was somewhere else. And then he has that almost like, and Caleb's kind of a cocky guy, and that's why we love him. You can't, you know spread the meme around and talk about how great he is when he's doing the stuff to Texas's bench. And then when he's still like this and when you don't like it, like the, he's got to rein it in, he's got to have his composure, all that stuff, but it's kind of who he is. And I thought that he let it get, 
I I think it stemmed from his back. Yep, makes I, sense. And I actually think it started in Morgantown. Stemmed mm-hmm. and his back wasn't right, and then he got so frustrated where he had a little bit of an out of body experience yesterday. And I know that was really, really disappointing to because you 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 look for a senior like that to be more. I love the kid. I think he'll bounce back just he'll fine. Be fine, but I do wonder because I think we all oh he hit nine threes or whatever against Tech or whatever it is. I wonder if we let the backstory go to the back burner too quickly because to me, and again I haven't talked to him. He wasn't available to the media yesterday. He looked injured to me. He looked like he was playing hurt yesterday. Well, and just think about. Even when you're not feeling well or you've gotten in, it just like pisses you off. Like, just like, why, what's going on? And you're not doing the things you want to do. I, I absolutely think that's a factor here because he's obviously, a, he's a good dude, you yes. know, and he was frustrated at, I think everybody was frustrated in that building. Even Hilton felt like he was frustrated all day. Hilton kind of sucked it, yesterday. Yeah, it was, I, I think everyone it, was just kind of like, yeah. I, it, I don't blame what, the fans because, I mean, that's a hard game to get up and cheer. That's what Oklahoma State does. Yeah. It's in, it's, at some point, you know, there's two teams on the floor. And Oklahoma State is clearly not a great team to, for Iowa State because they can do exactly what you can do. And quite frankly, they're just longer and more athletic. Yeah, and and then then Wright's making shots and good for them. Like on like I, that was my impression. It wasn't like oh my gosh, Iowa State's melting down. It's Oklahoma State took it to Iowa State. But the great news, C Dub, this happened on February tenth, and not in mid March. And so you this, this is a this is actually not a bad time to regroup. Now you almost wish you had a bye week to get a little healthier here, but you got two home games in a row. TCU becomes a big game and just try and try and rally the troops. You've seen Iowa State Knots do this before, and I'm just not panicked about this team at all. I'm not. We'll um, get to the Big Twelve coming up. I do have a more few more team specific conversations I want to have, uh, f- but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our friend Hopewood. Check her out at hopewoodjd.com. Have you thought about getting that will done? Have you? I have. I'm, I, I'm I honestly. Have, I, I have to. If you go to hopewoodjd.com right now, uh, she loves doing this for Cyclone fans. The thing I like about her, and I'll tell you about another great lawyer coming up uh, that's a Cyclone fan, uh, but this is all she does. And you can get a will done in a day. It, it seems like a pain in the ass process, but with hope, it takes one day. We're going to a wedding in Minneapolis Saturday. We you are. And me. Oh, uh, maybe we should. That's what we should our gift to, to our friend Ryan. A will. A will. I mean, what better way to start a marriage than that sounds like than a, getting somebody a will? And there's that's a gift that that's that a gift that keeps on giving. It literally keeps on giving. <laughs> I never thought. Or about maybe, it. or maybe we should get the will before we go up. There. I have never. Yeah. We're hey. When you get, we don't have many weddings anymore. So Ryan held out for a while. They're going to be Kansas Ryan. State at home, by the way. And, and, and well, Manhattan. we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna be blow that place look to out. pieces. Yeah, this this could be could be trouble. I we got know. our friend Timmy coming in. Yeah, we're really this will be great. So Bloom and I, we have like everybody. You have college friends, and then you. This he's like the last one. Yeah, well, you don't. We didn't lose touch with these guys. No. Like I I talk to them often, but you don't see them very often. Right. Ryan, our, our buddy Ryan is in Minneapolis, and our buddy Tim is in North Carolina. So we haven't seen them for a long time, and. Uh, we're getting the band back together. Old Cyclone Sports Live days. <laughs> yeah. You saw you. us jackasses when you got back from the bar at about 3 a.m. We <laughs> yes. were on the public television there. That's right. Jeez. All right. Um, 
I want to talk about Des Moines and the NCAA tournament and the importance of getting there. We'll do that in the Wiffles Hybrid segment. And then we got to talk. We've got some officiating conversation. I want to talk about the officials yeah. and I want to talk about Rob Jones. Yes. Uh, you tell me where. You, I want, let's start with Jones, and then we'll get to the bigger, more macro. Uh, personally, this won't be a popular opinion. I think people are way too hard on this guy. Um, maybe if your three guards don't go five for twenty-five, and the team isn't forty percent from the free throw line. Um, is is Robert Jones playing like a true Big 12 five? No, absolutely he is not. We're not kidding anybody here. However, uh, what have you seen from Ward this year that makes you think he would be any different? Uh, and there'll be people who have an opinion on that, and that's yep. fine. We all watch the games. For sure. Um, two, I think the biggest thing here is Shun can only play so many minutes. And... There's, I, I'm sure there's data out there where Shun's minute drop off in production comes. Um, I just think that like yesterday, like I'm looking through my Twitter feed, and there's so much singling out of one guy. Yeah, I who, know. In my opinion, like again, like what about the fight? The guards who go five for twenty five, <laughs> right? Like I get it. He's struggling, and but it, it just it's it's a little bit overdone to me with some of the really. Um, borderline like getting to hateful stuff and I, I i don't know this is just me i guess using my voice to say watch what you tweet yeah in the so rob rob plays a certain style that is the easiest to target of oh that's not a big 12 he play. did airball layup yesterday yep and he does some stuff it's like what in the world but at the same time and this is this is what struggle it's a struggle for fans but also why i feel for rob is the stuff he does really well is not noticed in a box score. Yes. Like if you look at the analytics, Rob is just, I'm just talking about the raw data numbers, which does, it's hard to get data on defense and tangibles. It's not tracked very well. It's just not, that's the limit of data. But if you look at the raw numbers, Rob is one of the least valuable posts in the big 12. Okay. Okay. Because his offensive rating is such that it's very poor. Yes. And that we can see that. Yes. But what is not tracked is the other stuff that he has done for the two years he's been on campus. And what he does, stuff like the way he plays the pick and roll, the way he boxes out, the way and he may not get the rebound, but his physicality, he's always leaning on somebody. Yes. That stuff cannot be tracked by BartTorvik.com or by Ken Palm. Like there's no way to look at that. And so you have to ask yourself, who do I look at the data or do I trust TJ and staff who, who sees him every day in practice of who should get the minutes? And I mean, the problem is Ward Ward's numbers look really good. Like if you look at Ward's data, it looks off the charts good because he's, he does some things you know, as far as steel percentage, block percentage. He's pretty efficient when he's been in there, but you don't, you can't track what Rob does defensively yeah. in the data. Well, so that's, it's it's Ward's like, not a physical player. He's not. He's not, not he's, that's yeah. not his strength. Now, if he was out there... He's I, a five in the Atlantic 10. In the Big 12, Hassan needs to be more like a four, like a stretch four, but he doesn't have those skills. He has the skills of a and, five. And so it's tough. It's it, He's, so, he's kind of out of position in this league. And it's... I feel for Rob because it's like everybody sees his weakness. His weakness is front and center, and that is he is just not a very skilled offensive player. Um, and it just makes it look worse when... And he's such a bad free throw shooter, and you see that when everybody's just staring. I get it. And, yeah. he, and again, he missed two front ends. 
there there's two conversations rob can be better like he's got a that's that's a fixable thing but it's also it's not an automatic that the person behind him should be out there instead of him either because again i go back to and maybe it's blind optimism i'm trusting what is done you know Monday through Friday in practice, not just the five minutes on the floor. And if Shun is not able to go more than 22 minutes, which it seems that's where they evident. They, I mean, you look at his box scores right there. It just, it, if and they would know they had, I mean, they, they literally guys, they have catapult systems. They track your energy output. Dude, do you know what they have now? One of the managers was showing me this before the Kansas game last yeah. week. Did you know they have sensors in the balls? Yeah. So like it can be like, Hey, this is Gabe's, ball really during so they can sh- shoot around, around and you can so he shoots 100 free throws and it tracks how many went in and how many went out like the technology is incredible it, well and they're tracking every single possession data output energy output uh, all this stuff so clearly they have an idea of what shoon's max is shoon is better than rob jones you know i we I, know this i was the same guy going at some point in the second I'm like get shoon back in the game I, i'm the same way but if he can't if he's limited that much then I just I ha- I guess I have to trust TJ to know what's best, and I think what Rob does really well, unfortunately, is not captured by the analytics, and that's that's that. So you you have it's like the old school baseball. It's like well, I know what I see, and I know what the data is telling me. You're always going to have some people who lean on the data too much, yeah, and sometimes not enough. And, I don't know. There's a perfect balance in the Watson stuff too. It's just you know Demarion. Coons came back and you have King now and it's just there's only so many minutes to go around. Right, and That's, he's not he's can't Watson he can't guard Cisse and Boone. I thought Trey here's the thing. I think if Trey King was a little more uh efficient yesterday, he had a weird game too. He got then into maybe, foul trouble. Maybe he takes some of Jones minutes. But yeah. I don't think it can be Watson. Uh and then Ward, I don't know. I mean I I would love to see more honestly seat up because I think he's he's got tools that, that you could use, but I don't see him every day, so I can't. I can't yeah. vouch for what his physicality is against. Certainly, the when you see five minutes of Ward, and then you watch twenty of Robert, you know you're gonna I, want yeah. you're gonna want the five minutes. Like, give me more of that. Yeah, I I get it. Uh, I, I so, just I'm trying to just I don't I thought I thought it's gotten a little bit out of hand. I agree with that too because Robert Jones was not the reason they lost. To Oklahoma State. Now he certainly didn't help the cause. I'm not. I'm not. This isn't like a campaign that he's the best center in the Big Twelve. But it just to me, like I, I've kind of had enough of the some of the just. I don't think hateful is the right word. Yeah, I don't think anybody's I, but I understand, being hateful. But, but it's, it's it's a little over the top for me. And it comes down to he plays. He the way he plays is so visible when it's not working well. Yes, and it just drives people nuts. And I get why, but. Most people can't understand how he reads a ball screen on defense and how he rotates well to take away stuff. Yes. And for Iowa State right now, that is more valuable than his ability to make a layup. Okay? So he's taking away more on defense than he's than, than he's allowing uh, on the other end. And it's really exposed, though, and it really looks bad when nobody else is helping out. Because if Rob Jones is your offense, it's not going to go well. So he needs everybody. That's the interesting thing with him is he needs everybody else to play well to 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 prove his worth more, which is a an interesting way to look at it. But uh, you, you're not going to go to the Sweet 16 without Rob Jones. I want to talk about the officiating with you uh, coming up here in a minute. 
Uh, shout out to my friend Jeremy Danielson. Danielsonlaw.com is where you go. D-A-N-I-L-S-O-N-Law.com. Did you know that I didn't even know this? I've only bought one house in my life. It was very seamless. That there are such things as real estate attorneys. It's all they handle. I like this specialized attorney thing that we got going on here at Cyclone Fanatic. Love it. That is what um, our friends at Danielson Law do. But they also do a deal where if, if you're closing your real estate doc, documents or really anything, they provide remote online notarization. You can get, so let's, let's say you're, I'm reading a book about pirates right now. Of course. What do, you think of, what do you think about these aliens? Well, I, 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 here's what I think. I, I've been telling you guys. Are you, why, I, I don't understand why everybody's so surprised. We're, have you ever seen Independence Day? Yeah, but those are big ships. These are like yeah, but shapes of cars. Or are they, are they Chinese spy balloons? They're, no, they're testing the waters before an invasion. I'm, so, I honestly think that's what's happening. I, we're, we're all worried about the Oklahoma State game right now. I don't think that's going to be our biggest worry in a month. <laughs> you better get your will done. With hope. And, and figure out your real estate. <laughs> You better get yeah yeah. You, you better get your shit figured out yeah, with our lawyers. Let's figure, yeah, because who and and Jeremy they can notarize it from anywhere. I'm just so let's I'm, say you're stuck at your home and like in, you can go to DanielsonLaw.com. You can get a document notarized in minutes from anywhere at DanielsonLaw.com. D a n i l s o n Law.com. Ever since we shot down that balloon, I would say it's Owen too. Well, I and mean, we're a very it, anti-communist regime. I mean, is that? Is that connected? Is it like the Monstars from Space Jam? You know, what's that would that would maybe be a logical explanation. I don't understand why like open your eyes, people. Why are you surprised that this shit's happening? Are the aliens getting to Doug Sermons and the officials? Okay, so Doug Sermons I wanted to talk about and I really like his calls I couldn't care less about. He did the game yesterday. Yeah. I've never seen an official be more demonstrative towards players and coaches than Doug is he just mad all the time? He I what was he yelling at TJ for in the first half? TJ was actually on on all of them about Oklahoma State was just bumping the hell out of everything. Like they they it got is, away with some stuff. Here's the deal: uh, the refs are not the reason. I, I was actually cringing when the fans were chanting "These refs suck" yesterday. That was not the reason Iowa State lost. Uh, the refs were the reason Iowa State lost in Morgantown heavily not not solely because of them but yeah. just the, the, the way that yeah. the game the was the way officiated. the game was yeah. officiated I iowa state's not going to win many games like that we've been Fair. talking about this for three months I with know. this team i don't, I don't understand why people are surprised by now. this. yeah mm. this is not news when you get a tightly officiated game iowa state is going to struggle okay we it is frustrating and i, I listen but when you go from one game yeah. that everything is called where a team's in the bonus with 17 minutes to play. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. I doubt we'll ever see it again. To yesterday was a fist fight in the first half. It is very frustrating as a Absolutely. player, I would think, to know like what or in the coach. hell. Yeah. Like what are we supposed to do? Agreed. Okay. So here's my here's my theory. And this is this is it's it's opposite of the Hoiberg era. During the Hoiberg era, we loved having Doug Sermons or a Hollywood Higgins or a Roger Ayers or a James Breeding because we weren't physical then. I would say it was not physical at all. And so when you played a West Virginia or a Kansas, you wanted everything called because that allowed you to flow and do all that stuff. 
And so anytime you got those guys like, yes, like we got these guys, they're not afraid to make a call to upset the home court or whoever. And generally it was going to be a game that was controlled by them, by the officials, which meant I was going to be able to do what it wanted, which was the space and pace that has flipped. Now the, the two gentlemen that did the game in West Virginia, James breeding and Roger Ayers, both worked the final four last year and both have worked multiple final four. They're, they're thought of two of the best Doug sermons who worked the game in Ames Saturday has worked like 10 straight final fours. He's considered probably the best official in college basketball right now, if not one of the top three, but the reason you, the, the way you become one of the best officials is if, is if you control the game and you call everything, the supervisors at the highest level are looking for the guy to, that is taking control of the game and nobody controls the game better than Doug sermons. He's not going to take any of your pardon my language, any of your shit. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah. Like his ego <laughs> is bigger than yours. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes him a good official. The He's problem the is the new Eddie Hightower. Yeah, the problem yeah. is when you're Iowa state, you almost prefer the shitty official, the, the, the more average officials who are going to let it just let sometimes chaos reign. Uh, and, and what had happened this week, in my opinion is Iowa state ran into some veteran officials who had their mind made up before the game, especially the West Virginia game. If we're not going to let Iowa state and West Virginia turn this into a, a rock fight, we're going to control the game. And then sermons was similar. And honestly, just being, being real with you, I thought Amy Bonner, who was the, the female official, had a really rough day yesterday. And at one point, I thought Doug Sermons was actually officiating for her. Mm. There were a couple of plays where he was actually calling fouls late in her area, which is kind of a no-no, but it was getting Doug taking control. I was like, no, 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 I've got this, and this is what he can do. So going forward, I would say... I don't know if you can adjust, like knowing who the officials are going to be. At the very least, you got to figure out in the first five minutes what's allowed and what's not. You have to not. be smart enough to feel the game. The Texas game in Ames was the single most physical game I've ever seen. And if you look at the fouls, like I want to look this up. I think it was, there were, I mean, very few relative. So here we go. Iowa State in the Texas game committed boo, 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 21 fouls. And that was like, that was complete... Chaos, blood just bloodbath. Uh, Iowa State this week combined to average 27 fouls per game. And I would say the Texas game was way more physical. So you just got to figure out what's allowed and what's not. The West Virginia game was one of the worst, like, just aesthetically pleasing basketball games I've ever Those, seen. But you got to know if they're going to do that, you well, just got to stop. And, and I would, yeah. And, and Iowa State does foul on every position. They, like, it's we're, we're the new West Virginia. Okay, like this is a thing like we're, you know, these Iowa State fans that are mad. Remember five years ago when you're watching a West Virginia game and yep. and we would say, well, they foul on every possession and then the officials quit calling it. And then same Iowa State fans would go, well, if it's a foul, it's a foul. Well, yep. that's that's Iowa State now. And yeah, I, that was my thing on on Wednesday night. I just. Interesting. The the problem I have, Bloom, and I talked with Stansbury about this. I don't know if you heard our conversation Thursday on Corner 3. But, like, the issue that I have is I'm seeing more and more of what you're talking about this year. Now, I sit courtside, so I have a really good view of this. Where officials are, like, overruling each other more often now than I've ever seen. And why is that? Like, or am I imagining that? Because I could very well be wrong. But I know that's happened 
three or four times down the yeah. stretch here for Iowa State, and it's just weird. And generally, I think it's those considered elite officials who aren't afraid to to do that to their partners. And so it's if you get those those high level guys, they're they're not afraid to go in there and have a discussion. Or, for instance, in West Virginia, the 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 cylinder rule. Yeah. Right. Well, Where Rob Rob gets elbowed. Most officials let it go, play on, but these guys know they're so good that they're like, no, wait, you know what? I'm going to go check that out because that is in the rule book. And administratively, seat up, they got that right. Like you are allowed to check an elbow cylinder play. It's it's and basically take away a foul or give a foul. It's like the charge circle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they can go back and look at that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's the most, same thing, but you just don't ever see. It. I would say most officials won't even think about it because they're like, well, whatever. Let's just. Let, let the game go on. But those guys are good enough and they know they're getting reviewed that the NCAA likes that because they like them. Oh, yeah. Look at these guys. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they're controlling the game. And so you just got to be mindful of that. Interestingly, though, and we've got to keep an eye on the rest of the way. In six of the eight losses, Iowa State, no, seven of the eight losses Iowa State has had this year, there's been 21 or more fouls on Iowa State. Interesting. And if I, I would guess... In the wins, putting the other team at the line, not getting to the line, and being such a bad free throw shooting team. And 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 if you're getting in foul trouble, like look at again yesterday, you had some guys getting foul trouble right away. They were taken completely out of the game. So either you 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 got to be mindful the first five minutes to figure it out, or you just kind of hold on and hope that it goes your way. So I. That said, I wish they just had like girls had a couple just really dumb fouls. Shun had a really dumb one yesterday. It's like you're not you being 35 feet from the basket is not helping to foul here. Like yeah. you just got to be smarter. And Rob Jones seems to get a moving screen or two every game. Like those are the preventable ones that you got to just just take away. But there's absolutely it's absolutely correlated. I think there's a there's a difference between it being a conspiracy that the officials were were compromised and those that want to control the game, because if you control the game, you're considered, that's preferred, I think, at the NCAA level. Okay, so and those guys aren't afraid to control the game. Let me ask you this, just sermons, because I just, I was, I was blown away by how demonstrative he was yesterday. I liked the ball guy. I thought he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he, he does mainly Pac-12. He was, he was all right. He was yeah. actually, I mean, just minded his business, called the game. And, and sermons is like yelling at people. He's like... You know, like really, really, really flamboyant with his calls, whatever. Does a guy like that like the fact that we all know his name when he enters an arena? He does. He he does. Now he's good enough. His reputation's good enough. He doesn't care what anybody thinks at this point. Yeah, he's just bankrolling his. He's, I mean, you know, he's making his five thousand a game. <laughs> he's going to work the final four again. Yeah, and his reputation precedes him. Most coaches want a guy like that. Because they know he's not going to be afraid on the road to make a big call. You honestly, you do not want that guy at Hilton Coliseum because, yeah. like it or not, most officials, there is a non-conscious factor to favor the home team. I just, so, and this is such a stupid example, but it's the only one I have. So I, I did some umpiring back in the day. And a really good umpire, uh, <laughs> this is such a small level. But he told me, he's like, the best way to do it is you have to be cocky back there. That's the That's, only way you can get there. And, like, I was watching the <laughs> But he just, like, he can't just fall, uh, call a foul. He's got to, like, highlight no. the guy. He's got to point well, at him. Like, it, it just is, it's crazy. It was wildly so entertaining. So, watch, watch the final four. I just wonder all, how many of these refs All the that. guys that 
it's it's two things. It's it's one, you get an ego because you are thought of so highly. Yeah. And then you also are thought of highly because you can you are you are controlling the game. You're best of the best. And he's not afraid again, he's not afraid to make a, a weird call or a big no. call. Interesting. Others are. And and honestly, for Iowa State, you you kind of want the mediocre officials, gonna be honest. Wiffles Hybrid presents our Big 12 segment each and every week. Uh, we appreciate that. It, it is getting to be planting season. So, of course, we want to uh, highlight our friends at Wiffles Hybrid. Go to wiffles.com, W-Y-F-F-E-L-S.com. Wiffles, one thing done right. They are a uh, really interesting thing about them, these, these seed companies, right? They only corn. They're just, uh, they just do the corn. We're we're, 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 big, we're big on the specialists here. Like specialists. On the Williams and Blue Pod, we right. got the Hope Woods with your Wills. We got the Danielsons with the, the, real, uh, estate. the real estate. Yeah, we got just... Wiffles Hybrids with seed corn. Uh, Wiffles.com. We appreciate them bringing us our, our Big 12 segment each and every week. Before we dive into the Big 12 real quick, um, I do want to do the Kansas City topic. Mm. How... Des Moines? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. How important is it that Iowa State ends up in Des Moines in the Big 12 or in the NCAA tournament. Because that, that's, it's that's a, looking it, it tougher. Is. It's looking tougher. And the problem now is Creighton keeps winning. And Marquette had a nice win yesterday. So those are regional teams. I mean, arguably Baylor could pass Iowa State and come up here too. I think for this team, this is going to sound weird because they've been so good at home. I think it would serve them well to not just be local and to go somewhere else. Uh, and, and and for the fans, yes, obviously having the home court in Des Moines would be, amazing. would be amazing. I don't think it's the end of the world with, with how this team plays though, because I think you're the, the, the fans w- will help, but Chris, I, for Iowa state to make a suit 16, I think it's more of a matchup and an officiating question more than a location question. So, wow, it'd be great. I think it's going to be tough now. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to win out at home. I don't know. I mean, it's not, who knows what the NCAA tournament is thinking as far as committee. Iowa state is way more highly thought of in that committee room than it is by Ken Palm. Um, I think we each had a birdie reach out that, you know, after the Kansas game, Iowa state was like a two on the two line. So it's not like they can fall that precipitously after this week. So, and then I think the uh, committee will come out with its top 16 next Saturday. That'll tell us a little bit about where I've actually thought of and then what's realistic in relation to the other teams. I would not be against going to Denver yeah. with this group. Yeah, the, for the fans, it's clearly Des Moines. Um, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I actually think, too, that this team, like, the biggest thing for me is just not playing any more Big 12 teams. Yeah, just, <laughs> just get, get the hell out from, of it. Yes. The familiarity, I think it'll play out a lot like last year. So, And I just think getting away, it's weird. There are some teams, and I, th- and I think this team is a veteran enough team, that I think it'd be better for them to just get away. Because you'll be in Kansas City. Going somewhere outside of the region a little bit, I think could be helpful. A little bit concerned about Kansas City right now and staying yeah. out of the Wednesday night game. Yeah, I mean, th- that's... Uh, so, actually, I was talking about that with a friend last night. I thought Iowa State might have a long stay there. I don't know. I mean, it's just hard to... And I, it's just hard to know. Maybe this might be a team where you're benefiting from not having a long stay, too, but... Right, and that's not... 
Again, not the worst case. I would actually say that they're probably one and done there. Where, where are we right now, uh, seeding-wise, for the Big 12 tournament? Um, I don't know. Um, right now, Iowa State is... They're all, here's what's crazy. They're two games out of first know, place. Right. Right. And that sky's and like still falling. Baylor is the team that... I hope you put that futures bet down <laughs> a couple weeks ago. They are surging a huge second-half comeback at TCU yesterday. Yep. And then uh, the the line that stunk from high heavens was Texas Tech is a favorite over Kansas State. We saw why. Um, and then another stinky line yesterday. Uh, Kansas was only a three point favorite over Oklahoma, and they them. blew out the sooner. You got to think Porter Mosher's. I yeah. It, what do you? It, they they can't keep. I don't know. I I didn't think he would. I thought it was a bad hire to begin with. I I'd never thought that that hire made a lot of sense. And I think you see a lot of these Valley types that they, I mean, we saw it with Greg McDermott when he tried to go to the big 12. Like it just, it's hard. It's a harder transition than, than yep. you think. I think Porter Mosier at Marquette would probably be really good. I think that he's struggling at Oklahoma. Well, and for, just, their support down there is, there's no, more Kansas fans there than the OU fans, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, I, well, let's see how this week plays out, and then we can talk Big Twelve. Yeah, season. so like, I mean, it, you, it just seems it is. A it's a lot. There's so many movies, and it's you know one through seven is going to be ultra competitive, and the games against TCU is specifically is big because if if you beat them, then you drop them down a rung, and then obviously at K State, you're, you're all in that same. Miles is out for sure on Wednesday. It, yeah, okay. he's not going to be back for a little bit. Okay, well that got to get that one. That certainly helps. Um, Let's do the women real quick. Talk about them, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, J Corp, of course, is our uh, presenting sponsor of all of our women's basketball coverage all year long uh, on CycloneFanatic.com. J Corp Design Build. They built the beautiful building that the Cyclone Fanatic office is in now, the, the standard yeah. there in Ankeny. Okay. Um, they, just, they can't make a shot right now. We know that these ladies can can shoot the ball I, I don't even know what to say it just is really 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 freaking rough to watch this team and now they have Texas coming to town on Monday where the, if, if you don't win that bloom you're staring at a four game losing streak yeah and it's similar com- they're still seven and five in the big 12 correct so they're going to the tournament in the I'm tournament. not yeah but it just this is a rut that um, you know you wondered if you know they rallied there after the Suarez injury and kind of got the troops back together. But ultimately with this team, you know, you can, you can blame the the lack of movement on offense or the lack of a post player, but specifically with them, it's a make or miss team. And right now they're missing a lot of shots. And so there's only so much you can do. Like you can't reinvent the wheel offensively if the ball's not going in the basket, because you just don't have a person you can throw it in the post and have go get a bucket. So they got to get Lexi and Danae and, and Emily to start making some shots because in conference play, it is it, the last four specifically have not been good. What were they shooting. five for 30 from three yesterday? I mean, something like that's not. Yeah. Let me, or let me pull it up. And then, you know, West Virginia is getting better. And that's the thing. You, you're not playing bad teams when you're not playing well. Yeah. It's like these teams will, will make you pay if you don't shoot a well. five of 30. Yeah. You're and Lexi. And again, I think she's phenomenal, but she's one for 10. Uh, Naidu, who had a nice little run there for a while, was two of nine. And boy, she had, she was awesome against Baylor. And the other problem is, 
you're not shooting it well. And then the other bugaboo for Iowa State has been now they've been turning it over on top of that. Yeah, Ryan's just, turnover rate's like through the roof for her. And, and probably because you're trying to do too much because you're not making shots. So it all, Iowa State is a a rhythm team. And when the ball's going in, everything else feels better. Your your pace is better. Everything works. But when it's not, it, it can go sideways. And it did in that fourth quarter against West Virginia. Second half, really, the entire second half. I hope that the crowd – I think it will be on Wednesday. For, I, I'm anticipating Wednesday night will be really crazy. Like I, I think that the fans will show up to pick the team up. I think that they, the guys Always will be do. spirited. And I, it, same, in, same in Hilton on Monday. Well, that's what I'm hoping for is that they get a really – I'm hoping a lot of people bought tickets to this Texas game early. Yeah. And they're still going to go and be crazy because this team specifically – even more than the men, I feel like needs a pick me up. They just need a little con- cuz again, like I said earlier in the show, it's a team where if they get hot, they could rattle off a bunch of wins in a row. For but sure. They are stuck right now. Yeah, they, they look like a shell of what they can be. And 32% from 3 total and in conference that's now under 30%, which is uh, just for not- this team is it's not, yeah. You want to be close to 40. They want to be, yeah, at least, you know, 36, 37. Yeah. So it's just, it's been tough. And I, th- but I, I agree. They've got players still. And, oh, yeah. And the great, here's the thing I've learned the hard way in a good way. Uh, start doubting Bill Fenley at your own peril <laughs> because the guy, oh, yeah. it, he was left for dead, however they've been many written, years ago. They've been written off so many times and he, uh, they'll come up with something. They'll figure it out. I think Monday, this big week, though, because so Texas Monday at Baylor. Um, and you don't want this little skid turn into more. No. So, but Man, if they could win on Monday, it would really, really help. I, if, if there's anybody I trust more in this spot, it's Bill Fenley. He's Brimblum. I'm Chris Williams. I hope we, I don't know. The sun came up. It did. It's nice, it's out, nice today. out today. It's really it's nice out today. All right, we'll be around all week. Busy week. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday games. Actually, Bloom and I are going to be in, in Minneapolis coming up this weekend. We'll have some stories, I'm sure. Stories indeed. Have a great rest of your Sunday if you're listening on Sunday afternoon. Hope you have a phenomenal work week if you're listening on Monday. Later. This is the moment.